Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again! Come on, Silver! Let's go, big The Lone Ranger and his Indian companion, Toto, had heard reports of Indian trouble in the southwest, near Belton. The masked man and the Indian headed down into that territory to check on the reports. The trail followed a low ridge overlooking a valley. Suddenly, the Lone Ranger pulled the great horse, Silver, to a halt. Why we stop, Kimasabi? Look, a distant cloud of dust on the valley trail, Tonto. Someone seems to be in a big hurry. Let me see him. I'll use my binoculars. What do you see? The rider's bending forward over the pommel of the saddle. Don't see how he stays on his horse. Heaps strange. Yes. I'll try to see if... Tonto, I think he's tied to that horse. Ride down the slope and intercept him. Monsilver! A few moments later, the two men reached the valley trail and reined to a stop. If he sees us, he doesn't intend to stop. Perhaps he's unable to pull in his horse. Stop him, Tonto. Get him on scout! 
Come, Silver. Small boy. Oh, Silver. Oh. He is tied to his horse. Steady. Easy, big fella. He's got you, big fella. I'm not conscious. Maybe him dead, Kimasabi. Help me untie him and take him from the saddle. Uh, look, Kimasabi. Him have two arrows in back. To put him down here on the grass. Uh, he's still alive. We'll have to work fast. Get the first aid kit for my saddlebag. We'll do what we can for him. The Lone Ranger and Tonto used their knowledge and skill to remove the arrows and to dress the wounds. Finally, they finished. Tonto was the first to speak. Dying. Why, I don't know, Tonto. The arrows both hit fleshy parts of his body. We'll take him with us and make a camp somewhere nearby. And we'll give him further attention. The Lone Ranger and his Indian friend took the unconscious man to a nearby grove where they made camp. Tonto used his knowledge of herbs to help the wounded man. The constant attention given by the two men had results early that afternoon. The patient opened his eyes and looked at the two figures bending over him. How did I get here? Easy, fellow, easy. You'll be all right in a few days. A mask. That Indian. Don't, don't let him. We're your friends, believe me. We saw you on the trail tied to your horse. Indians captured me. They tied me to my horse, then, then turned him loose and shot after me with arrows. We heard a tribe of Indians had broken away from the reservation down this way and were causing trouble. That's right. My wife and I have a small farm back up the valley. She went to town early this morning. I saw a few Indians ride up and start raiding our livestock. Go on. I went out to order them away. They captured me. You know the rest. I'm Harry Kenton. <coughs> You'd better rest, Harry. Later we'll talk. No. I must tell you now. One of them, a tall man, was wearing war paint and feathers. But he spoke good English. I'm sure he wasn't an Indian. That's interesting. Right after they captured me and took away my rifle, he came up to me and spoke. It was useless for you to try to put up a fight, mister. Who are you? You don't seem to be an Indian. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. It won't make any difference to you. You're through in this valley, and so are all the other settlers. They're going to burn down your place and drive off your livestock. Then they'll attend to you. Look, tell them to let me go out, clear out. I know you're not an Indian. You can't let them kill me in cold blood. I always try to give a man a chance, mister. That's more than I can say for lots of others in this territory who hunted me down and cornered me on the edge of a cliff. They shot me. I fell over the cliff. Then they left, thinking I was dead. But my fall was broken by a ledge. Indians found me, and they took care of me ever since. But I haven't forgotten. I didn't have anything to do with that. Maybe not. But I'm against all of you in this territory. Like I said, I'll see that you get a chance, though. After they start the fires, they'll tie you to your horse and start him down the trail. If you can escape their arrows, you go free. Uwate! Melotamula! At his order, the Indians grabbed me and tied me. After setting the fires, they took me to their village so the rest of the tribe could... <coughs> easy, Harry, easy. Better not talk anymore for a while. I have to tell you the rest. They're going to... Kim Sabi, I'm faint. Yes, but I think you'll get well with plenty of rest. 
that heap strange story him tell a feller in war paint feathers yes i have an idea it might be gil jeffers the outlaw who was supposedly killed by a posse from belton about six months ago i remember jeffers kenton was about to tell something important when he fainted I'll stay here and attend to him while you ride to Belton. Uh -huh. I'll give you a note to the sheriff. I'll suggest he send warnings to the other settlers in the valley. Uh, me tell him about wounded fella? I'll tell about him in the note. Oh, uh, locate Mrs. Kenton in town and bring her here, Tonto. Uh -huh. Now I'll write the note so you'll waste no time in getting to town. Later, Tonto ring to a stop in front of the sheriff's office in Belton. A moment later, he entered the sheriff's office. Well, Indian, what do you want here? Uh, maybe you remember me, Tonto. Me, friend, helped catch outlaws about a year ago. Tonto? Oh, you're the Indian who rides with a masked man. Sure, I remember. Ah, me bring note. Uh, let me see what it says. Jumping catfish. More Indian trouble. And the masked man says in this note a white man is behind it. A man he thinks might be Gil Jeffers. Ah. Jeffers was shot and killed six months ago. I saw him fall over the cliff with my own eyes. I mean, here, Indians find him on ledge. Save life. Oh, and it could be Jeffers at that. I'll send men to warn the other settlers right away. And I'll locate Mrs. Kenton for you. It says in the note, Harry Kenton is wounded at your camp. That's right. Me take Kenton woman to camp. Her stay with husband. Good. It might be a good idea to get a posse together and try to find Jeffers again, along with those Indians who got Kenton. Oh, maybe you'd better you wait. Later, mask friend, find out about Indians. Maybe them too many for posse. Me take Kenton woman to camp. Later, me come back, bring more news. All right, Tonto. Meantime, I'll see that the valley settlers are warned. Then I'll wait for word from you and the master. Within a short time, Mrs. Kenton was located and brought to the sheriff's office where Tonto was waiting. Directed by the Indian, she drove her buckboard out to the camp in the hills where the Lone Ranger waited with a wounded man. Oh, oh, hey, oh. oh Mrs. Kenton? Yes. Tonto and the sheriff told me about you. I'm grateful for what you've done for Harry. Is, is he still... He's much better now. Oh. He's been sleeping ever since Tonto left. He's over there in that lean-to. Him talk again, Kimasabi? No, but as soon as he wakens, perhaps he'll be able to tell what he started to say before. Oh, there he is. You're, you're sure he'll be all right? Oh, I think so. He's much stronger now. Oh, what? Harry, dear, I'm here. It's Lucy. Lucy. Thank heaven you, you weren't home when it happened. I, I feel much better now. I must tell what they planned to do. Well, what is it, Harry? While the Indians were getting me ready to ride from the village as a target for their arrows. Yes? I heard the white man in war paint and feathers talking to the chief. Chief Red Cloud, there's no use putting things off any longer. We can start at dawn tomorrow, wipe out the valley settlers as we moved, and then attack the town. Only about 50 men in town who can fight. The rest are old ones and women and children. If we take them by surprise, just after dawn, they'll not have a chance. We listen the words of Tall One. At dawn, Apache braves ride through valley to kill and burn. But pale-faced prisoner, 
If him scape and warn him... Oh, don't worry about him, Chief. Your braves shoot straight with bows and arrows. Tell him to start him down the trail now. The braves must have their fun, but he won't have a chance of getting away alive. Ah, it's time, pale-faced prisoner, take ride of death. Oleta! They started me out, tied to my horse. You know the rest. So they planned to attack the settlers in the town at dawn. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. They'll all be massacred. We'll do what we can to prevent that. Mm. What we do? We'll warn the people of the valley and of Belton to head for Fort Carver, ten miles south of here. It's almost dusk now. They have plenty of time to make it to the fort. Ah, but Kimasabi, yes. Padre at Mission tell us other day, troopers from Fort Carver go past Mission on way to other fort, many miles south. Yes, that's so. The commandant at Carver sent reinforcements to Fort Terror to help put down an Indian uprising in that territory. That means there's only a skeleton force at Carver. Ah. Terror is 20 miles beyond Fort Carver. That's right. The people will be safe for a short time at Fort Carver anyway. Not have any chance if they stay in town. What can we do? We'll put Harry on your buckboard, then Helen and I'll go with you. I'll leave you at the edge of town and try to make it to Fort Terrett and bring back the troopers to Fort Carver by dawn. Uh-huh. Ask the sheriff to move the people out so that the Apaches don't suspect until they're well on their way. Now let's get Harry and Mrs. Kenton started. Uh-huh. After leaving Tottle and the Kentons at the edge of town, the Lone Ranger continued on southward on his journey to Fort Terrett to get the troopers. The Indian's village, according to Harry Kenton, was north of town, but the masked man didn't expect trouble. He was sighted by a small scouting party of Apaches who were riding across the plains. He saw them as they came over a rise, a short distance to the left of the trail. Four or five Apaches. After I'd run them. Come on, Silver! But the Indians had swerved at an angle when they saw the masked figure on the white stallion, and with arrows ready, rode to head him off. A couple of them have guns. Just touch and go, big fella. They have a chance to cut us off. I'll try to slow them with bullets. Hurry, big fella! Come on, Silver! curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. As the Lone Ranger headed along the south trail toward the distant Fort Terrett, several Apaches spotted him and attempted to cut off his escape. Urging the great stallion Silver to increase his speed, the Lone Ranger fired a volley at the oncoming savages. 
Master Silver. Come on, boy. Gradually, Silver outdistanced the Indians and for some time continued at a gallop. Then, when he was certain he had lost his pursuers, the Lone Ranger headed for the fort to the south. Come on, Silver! Tonto had told the sheriff of the threatening danger, and the people of Belton were immediately warned to start for Fort Carver. When all the people had left, Tonto and the sheriff followed. There was no indication that the Apaches knew about the migration, and in due time, all of them reached the fort in safety. It was almost midnight when the sheriff and Tonto were talking to the lieutenant, who was in charge of the few soldiers at Fort Carver. Well, at least this is much safer than being in town in case of an attack. Ah. Uh, the Apaches will send scouts ahead to Belton before the attack. They'll realize what's happened and turn their attention here. I feel sure of that. But we inside fort, you have about 50 men from town, long soldiers. Right now, there's 12 of us here. For the townsmen, that makes around 70 altogether. Sure. We ought to be able to resist the Apaches then. Hunter says they may be a little over 100. It's the tribe led by Chief Red Cloud. We had a report that he took closer to 200 with him from the reservation. What's more, we're low on ammunition here at the fort. Yeah, that doesn't sound so good, eh, Tonto? Well, friend, bring back troopers from other fort. Be sure of that. You have more faith in that friend of yours than I have. He may not even get through to Fort Terry. Him get through. Well, let's hope so. But if he doesn't, we won't be able to hold out long. I'd better check our defenses. It was well after midnight. The moon was full and bright when an Indian scout rode hurriedly into the Apache village, where the braves in their gaudy war paint were going through the ritual of a war dance. Ah, you come back to the village in a hurry. What's the news from town? Me, scout near town. Me find people gone. Tracks show them ride trail to port. My thunder, they must have got wind of what we were going to do. Ah, that not good. We not get guns, horses you promised. All one not have good plans. Wait, hold on, Chief. I happen to know most of the soldiers left the fort a few days ago and went far south. The townspeople are in the fort, but you have many braves. I say lead your braves against the fort. Walls of fort strong. I have a plan. It should open the gates of the fort to us, Chief Red Cloud. What plan, the pale-faced brother? I'll remove my war paint and feathers and the Indian clothes. We'll send some braves to the valley to bring an abandoned wagon here to the village. I'll have them bring any clothing they can find, too. Uh, why you get them pale-faced clothes and wagons? Now, listen. A deep gully stretches across the front of the fort, a few hundred yards from the gates. You and the braves will be concealed there on your ponies. I'll take five or six braves dressed as settlers in the wagon with me. We'll drive to the gates of the fort. They'll open the gates for us to enter. And you and your braves attack as the gates are open. Uh, that's good plan. Me send braves to find wagon and clothes. Oh, wait Tell them to hurry. We'll put my plan into effect at dawn and take the fort. As the night wore on, the people inside the fort were tense. All the necessary preparations were made, and then, with time on their hands, their nervousness grew. Hank, I'm nervous. How do we know we can trust that Indian who's so friendly with the sheriff? The sheriff seems to trust him, Mary, so I reckon we can, too. Well, I think he should be watched. 
He may try to open the gates when the attack begins. Don't worry. Nobody will open the gates. You ought to try to get some sleep so you'll be able to help later on. I couldn't think of sleeping at a time like this. Who's the man who's supposed to have gone for reinforcements? I don't know. Nobody seems to know anything. We'll all be massacred, that's what. Oh, stop complaining. You're beginning to make me nervous, too. I'm going to have a look around the fort. You better go help make bandages and do what you can to help the other women folk. I'll see you later. Later, the moon went down, and in the darkness, Chief Red Cloud moved into the gully with his braves to await the approach of the wagon, which would be the signal for attack as soon as it reached the gates. In a grove a short distance south of the fort, Gil Jeffers, dressed like a settler, looked over the five Indians who also wore settlers' clothing and wide-brimmed hats. It's almost time for us to be moving. All of you get into the wagon. I'll do the driving. Those Indian ponies that were hitched to the wagon are kind of skittish of harness, but I reckon I'll be able to handle them all right. Sky get bright in the east. Dawn soon here. Yeah, we'll get started right now. Climb into the wagon, all of you, and have your guns ready. We'll use them in a hurry when they open the gates. The rest will be easy. Those inside the fort also noted the faint flush in the eastern sky. The men took their positions on the ramparts and waited tensely for the expected attack. Toto, the lieutenant and the sheriff, stood on a platform near the gates from which they could look over the stockade. As they scanned the open ground in front of the fort, the sheriff spoke. Uh, I don't see any sign of them yet, Lieutenant. Uh, neither do I. Of course, it isn't light enough yet to see much from here. Well, it'll soon be bright. I hoped your friend would be back with the reinforcements. Beginning to think he didn't get through. Him get through. Me sure of that. I wish I had your confidence. Anyway, there's no sign of the Apaches. Well, birds not sing. What do you mean? At dawn, plenty birds sing. But them not sing now. Me think Indians near. Birds frighten, not sing. See. Come to think of it, it is mighty quiet. Uh, we wait. Watch. For a while, the three men remained silent. The brightness of dawn spread gradually until they could see in the distance. Finally, the lieutenant spoke impatiently. Uh, golly, if those Apaches are coming, I wish they'd come on. This waiting's terrible. Uh, it'll not be long now. How do you know, Tonto? Me hear bark of coyote. Me think that Apache signal. Say, it might be at that. Hey, look, coming up the south trail. A wagon with more settlers, they better hurry. Uh-huh. Strange. They're not attacked by Apache now. You must be wrong about the Indians being out there. They must not have come along yet. Me not think me wrong. I'll go down and tell the men to be ready to open the gates for that wagon. They'll reach here in a few minutes. While the sheriff talked to the men at the gates about letting in the settler's wagon... Tonto and the lieutenant stood watching as the wagon approached. Get up there! Hello at the port! Open up and let us inside! Yeah, they're mighty lucky to arrive safely. It's still strange. Hey, wagon. Look, cutting across the wagon. A masked man on a white horse. He's firing at the wagon. I use my rifle. No, you're not shoot. Hey, what's the idea? My friend, you wait. Open wait. the gate! Him say fire on wagon, quick. What's the matter with you? What are you shooting? Fire on wagon. It's turning aside. Apaches in the wagon. Hey, you 
A package and wagon. Quick. Order men to shoot. Well, I don't see. Hey, look. Coming out of the gully, Apaches. Fire on wagon. Open fire on the wagon. Wagon, stop. Horses fall. Men jump out. Run back to Indians. Open gates for masked man. Oh, wait. He's swerving and riding off to the side. As Tonto and the lieutenant watched, the troopers rode in at a fast gallop from the south to intercept the horde of savages pouring out of the gully toward the fort. Reinforcements, they've arrived. Uh, masked friend, bring them. For a time, the battle outside the fort was a furious one, and the great white stallion Silver, carrying his courageous master, flashed here and there as one Apache after another fell under the masked man's blazing guns. Finally, the savages, who were still in their saddles, tried to leave the scene, but one troop of cavalry had ridden into the gully behind them, and their escape was cut off. The men from the fort rushed out cheering as the battle stopped. Here's Gil Jeffers. He was driving the wagon that approached the fort. He carried several Indians dressed as settlers. Holy mackerel, he might have fooled us. Not right. Lieutenant, you might have had a massacre here if our friend the masked man hadn't come to Fort Terrett for us. Oh, I know, sir. But I still don't understand how he knew Jeffers had Apaches in that wagon. I came a short distance ahead of the troopers. The wagon was on the trail ahead of me. I noticed the hoof marks. The horses were unshod. I knew then it must be a trick. Well, I'll be darned. But even then, you could have been mistaken. I saw plenty of Indian sign leading into the gully. I knew the Apaches wouldn't have allowed a wagon load of settlers to go past to the fort. You see, Lieutenant, the masked man is mighty clever. He sure is, sir. And so's his friend, Tano. Oh, mister, I was afraid you would leave before I had a chance to get out here to thank you and Tano for all you did for Harry and me. Oh, this is Mrs. Kenton, Major. Her husband was captured by the Apaches, tied to his horse, then used as a target as he rode away. It was through Harry that we learned of the plot to attack the town. But if it hadn't been for you and Tonto, Harry would have died, I'm sure of that. He's feeling much better now, and he should be up in a few more days. We both thank you a lot. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Kenton. Say goodbye to Harry for us. Of course. What will happen to those captured Indians? As soon as the dead and wounded are taken care of, we'll herd what's left of the tribe back to the reservation. Chief Red Cloud was killed in the fight. Yes, and Jeffers is here, wounded. Yeah, if it hadn't been for that masked armory, the fort would have fallen. Yeah, but lucky for all of us, that masked armory was around to help us. You'll hang, Jeffers. Tonto and I'll ride as far as town with you, Sheriff. Then we'll head north from there. Oh, uh, incidentally, Major, Harry Ketton warned us about the Apaches. He and his wife have no home to go to now. Uh, we'll take care of them at the fort until they have a new home ready. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm sure you and Harry will be well taken care of. It was a pleasure seeing you again, Major. It's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. And I always marvel when I see you in action. Thanks. Shall we leave now, Sheriff? Uh, sure. Get going, Jeffers. I see your arm is already bandaged. So long, everybody. So long. Adios. 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 Right, let's go, Tonto. Come on, Silver! Get up, get up, come on, get up. By golly, I've never seen anyone like that masked man before. I know the Indian's name is Tano, but I don't know the masked man. Well, it's about time you did know about him, Lieutenant. He hates traitors and loves America. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs> <laughs>